Cool. I'm, uh, I'm good if you guys are good. Yeah. Definitely don't do that. Though. You ready, Gav? <laughs> I couldn't sell myself. Because normally we sit here for like three hours and then on, on the first take you, f- you manage to fuck it up still. Like, I'd, I'd love it if I could just <laughs> sit up, do fuck all, watch the match, and just come in with a fucking snarky comment every now and again. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> now that's an opening. <laughs> What's the banter at Film Sundry? <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Tango and Cash. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Tango and Cash, we're going to have to work together, even if it kills us. Uh, (laughs) That's it, chaps. We found the movie tagline most appropriate to describe the show. (laughs) We can officially retire now. Goodbye, everyone. Seriously, though, if you've never heard this show before, then hold on to your belts because we're going to take you on a makeshift zip wire ride. Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. But there's a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some subpar xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and lots of banter. So, as I said before, this week's film on trial is Tango and Cash. Hey, hey nice. that, that's that's apt, isn't it? Better than Tango, I suppose. <laughs> I think I've got one for that later on. You'll find <laughs> right. out. Uh, just to say that it will be a very spoilerific episode. So if you haven't seen it yet, it has been out since 1989. Uh, and if you haven't seen it, like you are missing out massively, <laughs> uh, which you'll find out we'll shortly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can either listen to this episode after you've watched the film, or you can just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week, brought to us by Austin. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like that, that's the sound of a guy who hasn't written a quiz and is going to drastically write one up during the arguments. I did. Uh, I did panic when I, uh, I thought it was me doing a quiz actually, and I forgot to do it. So I, um, I've got one. It's all ready. All I've got oh. to do is just type it out. Well done, me. And I take it all back. You have little faith. Yeah. So is it going to be on the different flavors of tango? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and how much funny cash you, they cost? Oh, world currency <laughs> is, uh, is is almost exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> I went on www.canmuseum.org and um, researched cans from oh, 1989. Geez. Oh wow, that's <laughs> A visual quiz for an audio podcast. For that <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. My descriptions are incredible. <laughs> so we're going to highlight that quiz in the comments section below. Um, but before we go on, uh, our last film on trial was Falling Down. Uh, Austin, you judge that trial and you deem that it should be placed on the hit list. Now, you've since gone away and watched that film. Did you make the right call? I, I think I did. Yeah, I think it was... Um, I, I, I think that it was a bit more layered than um, than, um, than Brucey sort of um, went with. But And, uh, and Dave was right that you've got to... It, it helps because I knew the context. You know, if I didn't know the context, like Dave said, when, if I'd have just watched it without this podcast... I probably would have put it on the shit list straight off. But um, right, just because well, there's a lot of American... Thanks, it would have been better uh, if I'd said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's just the context, really. As long as you understand that, then it um, it works pretty well. Yeah. So yeah, good film. Okay, well, just. thank you. 
just (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for that austin okay uh, so before we go on to the bulk of the show i think it's time for a little bit of news Good. I really like the idea that you didn't even learn that. That's just been something ingrained in your head yeah, has to be honest, forever. I wish, I wish I would play a musical song every week. Well, when I say musical song, I mean a song from musicals. Because, yeah, yeah, that was it. Uh, Dave, what was it? I, I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. <laughs> Sal Block Tango from Chicago. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I don't even know why I bother. You're all Philistines. It sounded good, though. Thanks. Uh, for nothing. Uh, essentially, what we do here is we sit around and we talk about the most newsworthy topics of the week. So starting with Idris Elba is being lined up to replace Will Smith as Deadshot in the hotly anticipated James Gunn-directed Suicide Squad 2. Now, Joel, you'd rather get your bowels scraped than watch Suicide <laughs> 1, uh, but you do like Idris Elba. So how do you feel about this? Um, well, the the only thing you can say is that you can only go up from yeah. Suicide Squad, can't you? So, Idris Elba, I'd probably say in modern times, is an upgrade, isn't he? So, you know, <laughs> let's see, see what happens. So, is is anybody gutted that Will Smith's going to be stepping to one side? I mean, I, 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 I don't think Will Smith's gutted, to be honest. It sounds like it was amicable on both sides. I think it was scheduling issues. Which seem, makes it seem like scheduling no issues really... is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> don't mix your words. I was going to say, <laughs> tell us what you really think. <laughs> well, apparently he has he's given up playing Deadshot in Suicide Two, so he can play Serena and Venus Williams' dad in a biopic of, of their life. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. So... Idris Elba would do good as that. <laughs> he, he would, to be honest. He yeah. actually would. Should we just replace Will Smith with Idris Elba? When you first start with the news, I actually thought you were going to say in Aladdin. And I was like, what? But they've just released the trailers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the new trailer came out today, the full the full long. Um, and yeah, I think it looks all right. I mean, I'm, I'm actually thinking I'm coming around to the fact of Will Smith being the being the genie. Anybody else? Yeah, it, it, it's an improvement. I, I'm more at ease with it than I was after the first teaser trailer. <laughs> So I'm, I'm coming around like yourself. I just don't think it needed live action. I don't no. think Dumbo needed live action. Or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, they just I feel like Dumbo definitely needed live it. action. I genuinely want to see a live action elephant flying. Really? That's I what I want to see. Why? Yeah. But you, you, I just think it's going to be a real feat of engineering to make a real elephant fly. <laughs> <laughs> you love the magic of cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I, I think, obviously, it's, there's money to be made there on there. And it's bringing yeah. classic films to a new audience, isn't it? And <laughs> Not a old, new audience. No, no, probably uh, most an kids old have audience. seen the old films as well. Yeah, but, I mean, kids these days, they're Philistines. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the insult 50% of the world population. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So, uh, moving swiftly on. So, Captain Marvel has broken box office records this week. And it's, I mean, I think I was going to say the majority of us have seen it. Maybe everyone except for Joel. Dave, do you want to give a no-spoiler review of Captain Marvel? A no-spoiler review of Captain Marvel. Yes. I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it succinct. It's okay. It's all right. It's, <laughs> yeah, it, I didn't think it was anything spectacular by any means. Um, I thought Brie Larson was, was solid, but she wasn't great. I thought the script was all right. It was an, it, it's, it's a decent entry. It's not the worst Marvel film by a long shot. Well, but I'll give it out of ten. 7.5. That's, that's pretty all right. I, yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's all right. It's worth a watch by all means, but it's nothing 
groundbreaking. Here's a question for you, as somebody who hasn't seen it. Do you need... Well, if you take out um, Endgame, do you need to watch it to place into the story in the Marvel Universe? No. You don't need to watch it before you watch Endgame. No, I, I think it's just a fun ride. I don't think there's anything in there that's going to be... No. So it doesn't gonna, relate to any of the other films at all? Oh, if, it, if it does, it's so insignificant. Like, that yeah. it doesn't really matter to the plot. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I go with that. Yeah, it's like an origin story. Yeah, so there's no like, there's no post credit shit or anything I, like that. <clears throat> there is one of them's just for laughs. The other one, it does tie in directly with Infinity War, but it's nothing we could yeah. have predicted. Yeah. If, if you miss you, you, it, you know it already. Fine. Yeah, I, I think it would help if you would have watched Guardians of the Galaxy before you watch this because it goes into a lot of detail about the Kree. And uh, there are a couple of characters from Guardians of the Galaxy, including Jamon Hunsu's whose character I forgot the name of, and also Roman the Accuser, so they're both in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe if you do want to watch something before you go and see Captain Marvel, I'd suggest going to see that. But I, I actually thought it was really good. I, I, uh, I would say that... I, I don't think it was, it was brilliant. It wasn't like the best one, but I'd say it was definitely a strong contender. I, I really enjoyed it, to be honest. I mean, I think I was influenced by Alex's negative opinion because <laughs> I was sat right next to him and he well, didn't you, like you it at all. against it. <laughs> but I, I, when, I was, when I was leaving, I was thinking more and more about it and I was like, you know what, I actually did really enjoy it. I think there was elements that could have improved. Like I think the beginning, it kind of just started off and it was it was like in the middle of a of a story essentially. Mm. There was no sort of explanation of who the Cree were or who the um scrolls were. And it was a little bit sort of like especially for Alex and people who are you know, haven't but, seen any of the previous must, films. But isn't it because it's part of the universe and the same thing that I had that issue when yeah. I went and watched them all is that that's kind of the point they've already exactly. set up the world the world exists. You just should yeah, know yeah, it. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I think that if you have seen it, it's not, it, you know, it's not that bad. But if you haven't, if you're going into it, fresh pair of eyes, you haven't seen any of the MCU films, you might struggle. But... <laughs> I, I just didn't think it was very like regardless of that. I didn't think it was a very entertaining film, to be honest. It didn't really grab me, and I didn't. I didn't think um, Alison. Br- I want to say Alison Brie, but it's Brie Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, I, I don't think her character was given enough good lines. I feel like they were given to Samuel Jackson, and mm. I, I can't really describe. Can you describe who like Captain Marvel is? No. Do you know what I mean? She doesn't have much of a character at all. Like I was trying to think. Sometimes I think the characters. Can you think of three adjectives that would describe her? It's like no, not really. Like determined, but that aren't all superheroes. So I, I was a bit uh, bored in the film. You're being a bit harsh. I think you can describe no, Brie Larson's Captain Marvel with the same amount of adjectives that you can with most of the other um, MCU superheroes. Uh, you know, Iron Man. You know, he's you know Tony Stark. He's dismissive. He's you know cocky. He's arrogant. You know, they've all got bits. You know, Captain America is essentially earnest, three, three words for the same. <laughs> well, yeah, synonyms. But, they, but his vocabulary is good. Okay. <laughs> but no, I just don't think she was given that much of it. It, it just didn't seem like it. It didn't set. She didn't but, set herself apart as a superhero. So my, my main issue with it is it felt like it wasn't the complete package. It felt like it um, part one of a bigger story. And it, I, I would describe it the same as, as Thor. So the first Thor film, I felt the exact same thing. If you go back and you watch that, even this first um, Captain America film, they're not really fleshed out really as characters. You could probably say the same things for them. You know, you can't think of three adjectives to describe those characters. But over the course of three films and the Avengers films as well, then you obviously can. But if you were to look at it as a standalone piece, then, you know, the character isn't that fleshed out because they're probably thinking about the bigger picture. So they're probably thinking we don't have to flesh out too much in this because we've got Endgame coming up and there's probably going to be a Captain Marvel 2 and then should be in the next Avengers film. So maybe that was the reasoning behind it. 
and also because it's a very well-known character as well that they thought that we don't have to go all into this it's not like a essentially a new origin story for a character that nobody knows about i knew nothing about it before <clears throat> i knew very little yeah i mean captain marvel's like the marvel version of superman really yeah kind of I, so really? <laughs> so powerful yeah. it's just not fun anymore yeah, yeah. but yeah i tell you who was great ben mendelson i thought was great in captain marvel i really thought he was fantastic I thought all the cast did a really good job, to be honest. I don't Tell think you, there was one person who, who, who did a poor performance in that. One thing I thought was good was the CGI of Samuel Jackson, because at first it was like a bit jarring. And then actually I realised halfway through the film I hadn't even been aware that it was yeah, yeah. a yeah. CGI'd younger Amazing, Samuel isn't it? Jackson. It was done very well. Yeah. yeah. I think it cost a fortune. Yeah, yeah it must right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that, that raises so many questions now about films going forward. Essentially, you could just have anybody in a film. You could have a film, I reckon, in about 20 years, 30 years' time. They would have just an entire cast of dead actors and actresses. Which is voices. I reckon so, yeah. Just have people who sort of the same body shape, superimpose the, uh, the face onto them and have a voice actor. You've got them. Anyway, we're talking about the future, this is like an episode of Black Mirror, isn't it? Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, so uh, moving on to Alex's film feels. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, right, so this is Tango and Cash. So I want to I want to get some discussion going. Tango or Cash? Who do you think between Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone? Here's my question: Is the bigger star? Because I want to kind of get a little bit of discussion going in here. Gav. You want an argument? I do. <laughs> like, Gav. I literally, I think you're trying to rile yeah. me up here. Yes, I, yes, I am. Gav. You're looking directly at my poster of Kate Russell. Yeah. Uh, so, in like, this may surprise you, but star-wise, especially in 1989, probably Stallone. Um, like, Kate Russell himself was a, a big box office draw sure, as well. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So it's almost like if Sean Connery and a Kirk Russell were in the same film together. Uh, who? Uh, to, to Kurt, Alex's... Kurt oh, Russell. Yeah, yeah. What? Considering you're no, sorry, a big fan of William Shatner. Kirk Douglas is what I'm going to say. Kirk Douglas. I've got a Kirk Russell in the brain. Um, no, but uh, like an uh, actor, performer, yeah, um, you know, somebody with charisma. Somebody yeah, Kurt Russell's the better Kurt actor, Russell. but the biggest star. Yeah, yeah. I Probably mean... Stallone, right? I think if you... Of all time now, though, I think maybe... Russell is during time. No, no, I don't think so either. I think if you deleted Stallone's films or you deleted Russell's films, more people would miss stuff like Rocky and Rambo yeah, over true. stuff. I suppose I'm Russell's just not that asked about Rocky, to be fair, but I forget about how how, you know, how much loved yeah, yeah. that film is in the franchise as well, and still to this day, really, with Creed and stuff. So yeah, pr- pr- probably Stallone. Stallone is an icon, isn't he? He's, he's more probably... of a household name. Yeah. I think more people would know Sylvester Stallone than they would Kurt Russell. Yeah. Not that he's not known, you know, but... But Kurt Russell had the bigger role in Guardians of the Galaxy too. That's so, true. Who, who, who won who wins at the now? end? Yeah. <laughs> he was also a child star as well, you know, so he's been around for a lot longer than Stallone. And Walt Disney yeah. possibly left the Disney fortune to him. Exactly, Walt Disney left a note what? when he died. They just said Kurt Russell. Honestly, this is true. <laughs> so, do people think either he killed Walt Disney? Or... <laughs> I, I think I, he would have been about 10 or 11 at the time. Yeah, so, that would have been Kurt Russell. Look could what he grew up into. Yeah. I, think, exactly. I, I think he's capable. Yeah. It's, it's like one of those things that, like, did Walt Disney create Kurt Russell? Because he wrote down Kurt Russell, people were thinking, this guy's <laughs> going to be a box office draw because Walt Disney wrote his name down. And that's why he's famous. Or maybe he was warning people <laughs> <laughs> something that's going to happen. Escape from LA, maybe. 
Well, I've just Who Googled knows? it. That's true. Well, yeah, that's I say true. Google. The internet says. <laughs> Google says. It must be true then. Okay. Uh, anybody else? Conspiracy well, I think, theory I think weekly. It, it seems like we're all happy to say Sylvester Stallone is the biggest star. Thank you very much. <laughs> play, 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 my, play my music. And Kurt Russell is the better actor. Please play my music. <laughs> Fair. Right. I'm, I'm, honestly, mate, I'm glad that I'm against you. To this you've, you've, got, you've got it coming, as they would say in Cell Block Tango. But none of you know it. I, I, I do know it now. I just didn't sure. recognise it from your rendition of it. Oh, Look at Riles up. He's, he's ready to go. That's even more helpful. <laughs> okay, so onto the bulk of the show. As mentioned before, this week's film on trial is Tango and Cash. What? Tango. I mean, You've been tango. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I figure that's what you got to do to an orange to make tango. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was suggested to us by Captain Dave's good friend Jeremy. Um, uh, it has been picked out of the hat at random. All of the roles have also been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be me. I'm a bit like Terry Hatcher's Catherine Tango. I'm a very sexy dancer, and I was 100% bone Kate Russell. <laughs> <laughs> In the role, it's wow. true. Wow! In the role of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on this shit list, this Brucey. Hello, Brucey is a bit like Gabriel Cash. He's quite scruffy, but he looks great in a dress. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like real court advocates, Alex and I will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our genuine opinions, though. So do stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear our real thoughts. Now, in the roles of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to each argument, are Captain Dave and Ozzy. Dave is a little bit like Jack Palance's Perret. Is it Perret or Perret? Perret, I think. Perret. Yeah. Perret. He's always complaining that everyone's always stealing his drugs. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you guys. <laughs> and Ozzy is just like Ray Tango. He often wears fine three-piece suits, but he's a loose cannon. And, <laughs> and we've all seen his bare arse. <laughs> Which means uh, this week, Joel has the most important role as he will be playing the judge. Now, Joel is just like Brian James's Requiem. He loves a good explosion and it's just awful every time he opens his mouth. <laughs> now, Joel must decide which list this film should be placed on hit or shit based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So before we get started, I think it's time we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is about. So let's us spin the wheel of impressions. So here we read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. This week it's landed on Joel. So who would we like Joel to read off the synopsis in the style of? Uh, Stallone. We've had uh, a few people do Kurt Russell. I thought it might be Stallone. Could it also be Brian James's fucking terrible Cockney (laughs) accent? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not happy with Stallone, but if you could do a really bad Cockney accent. I, I would say Stallone, but... So yeah, okay. which one? Do, do half Stallone and then half Brian James. <laughs> <laughs> do Stallone do it right oh, there. So many things. Going, oh, oh, that's going through my head. Is Danny Dyer now? <laughs> yeah, do that. Framed by the ruthless arch nemesis, a mismatched LAPD crime-fighting duo has to put its fucking differences aside <laughs> to even the score with the evil kingpin who put them behind bars once and for fucking all. <laughs> that was actually better than Brian. <laughs> yeah, that was a good cockney. Yeah, well I didn't realise there was so much swearing in the IMDb synopsis <laughs> as well. If uh, you're cockney, yeah, it comes with the, comes with the turf. <laughs> so, so thank you very much for that, Joel. Would you please like to kick off proceedings? 
so who wants to go first? Gav? All right, Alex, no. Uh, Gav, go on then. Okay. So uh, the film starts with Stallone's Ray Tango locating an arseload of cocaine hidden inside a gas tanker by shooting it. An oh, sorry, sorry. How much? An arseload. How, how much, how much cocaine exactly? An arseload arse can't be that much. What's that in kilograms? It's a big arse, man. What kind of <laughs> unit of measurement is an arseload, really? You've never used arseload to measure something? No, no, do, do, do you know what I would use? A truckload, because it is literally <laughs> a truckload. Like, I, I did just say it was inside a gas tanker, if you were listening. It's like the time when but you said you put... Hot Nutella on bread. <laughs> Listen, I'm not going to derail my arguments with that argument once again. And right. People do use arses to transport drugs, so an arse load would be considerably less than arse like a truckload. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you start in. It's a pretty poor it's, start. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad start, guys. Let's be. Right, okay, know. right, okay. Uh, the movie starts with Stallone's Ray Tango locating a bollock load of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> hidden inside a gas tanker by shooting at it. Ridiculous, yes, but also very enjoyable. And that pretty much sums up the entire film. The plot then follows drug lord Perrett, played by Jack Palance, who is so pissed off that his shenanigans keep on getting foiled by super cops, Tango and Cash, that he decides to frame them for murder. Um, They are both then arrested and sent to a high-security prison. Cue some fantastic bare-arse shots of Kurt Russell that you can screenshot and print off uh, for you all if you want. I have, and they are great. Um, Our heroes then escape, and with the assistance of Tango's sister, Catherine, invoke revenge on those who set them up and look to take down Parrot once and for all. Now, when it comes to gloriously over-the-top 80s action movies, this one ranks pretty highly. At the time, it was very, very well-received. I think in the top 20 films of, of 1989. And even as action films and cinema in general have advanced over time it is still much loved but more as a gloriously over the top and fun summation of everything great or bad about the 80s depending on what your feelings about the decades were um almost a sort of so bad it's good movie although i don't personally think it's that bad (laughs) the wild hair stars the unflinching electric guitar and slap bass heavy soundtrack kate russell's weird necklace t-shirt it's just a fantastic throwback to a bygone era of cinema i don't know if it's self-aware or if it's just unashamed but either way the results are absolutely fantastic as far as plot goes it's a decent one two mismatched super cops are sent to prison for a crime they didn't commit and have to escape and seek vengeance it's straight to the point it's easy to follow there are a few twists and turns along the way but for the most part this is a straightforward concept and uh, um, it's nicely paced as well it never feels sluggish or rushed um, it never gets in the way of the action and the action never gets in the way of the story either this could have easily been a very bland story and script um, for going dialogue for con- uh, to concentrate on action maybe and rely on muscle flexing leads and macho posturing to progress the story. However, scriptwriter Randy Feldman has produced a really fast-paced and entertaining dialogue that injects a great deal of comedy and balances out the more action-heavy scenes. It also greatly lampoons Stallone's pre-established action hero screen image as well. Now, the direction is also very good. I think the director's changed hands uh, towards the end of the movie for creative differences, but you wouldn't be able to tell at first glance. Uh, The smaller, more intimate scenes are filmed just as well as the bigger action set pieces, which, once again, is very refreshing, because all too often in action films, they fall down or suffer when it comes to a connecting or a a story-progressing scene. Take um, Quantum of Solace, for instance. Um, Now... Here, the director or directors, they know how to keep the tempo, uh, maintain interest and progress the plot. Some directors struggle to pull off comedy and action, focusing too heavily on either one or the other. But the directors here were able to capture the comedic elements brilliantly. But as funny as the film is, and it is funny, and see Alex's eyes rolling there... 
At the end of the day, this is an action film and you can't fault the action in it. Stallone and Russell give out beatings like free hugs and you can't help but root for them. Um, uh, sorry, it's free hugs. Is that, can I use that as a form of measurement? <laughs> yeah, I'll allow it. Just, just don't say an arseload of free hugs. <laughs> they give out an arseload of beatings like an arseload of free hugs and you can't help but root for them. There are some memorable and impressive action set pieces, as I mentioned earlier, including a thrilling prison escape scene, uh, complete with rooftop fight in the rain and interrogation scene in which the main henchman of the movie has a live grenade gaffer taped to his mouth and also a siege on a drug lord's compound in an armored truck that results in about 90 percent of everything on screen being blown up hmm. uh, speaking of which in the age where everything can be blown up via cgi and it often is in a film it's always pleasing to see practical effects being used and the scale of those on display here is particularly impressive the stunts are also very well choreographed and i'm not asked the soundtrack is boss get over it in conclusion a triumphant unashamed and entertaining display of everything great about the 80s turned up to 11 cash back yeah yeah that's what he says he says cash back just an odd, just an odd reference <laughs> and anyway alex i can see that you haven't made an argument and instead of just been writing down stuff you didn't agree with my arguments <laughs> on that side <laughs> okay um well it started badly and it ended badly I'll sum up your, your argument there, Gav. But the, the middle <laughs> bit was, was the most important bit. You've not even heard the other guy. <laughs> you know, you know, like, you. like in a real court, I just want to say, you know what, the uh, the prosecution rests the case. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just let him talk more. <laughs> the prosecution has no further things to say. Hey, what, three weeks <laughs> off and you think you're all that, mate? <laughs> Bullshit. Um, okay, Alex, you know, tr- just try and follow Gav's argument. Okay, uh, so... You know, Gav put touch on a point that I thought was going to be his argument, the idea that this is so bad it's good. But Gav's argument there was more that this is actually good, and it's really not. Like, this film is... is the, the best thing you could say about this film is it's so hilariously shit that you could probably watch it all the way through. Just because, like, from an interest of films, you might find that kind of interesting. It's like actually watching a spoof of buddy cop action films. It's completely ridiculous all the way through. That like start with the dialogue. Gav's talking about this script that's like a really fast paced and funny script. It's not fast paced and intentionally funny though. That like there's bits where like right at the beginning when the tanker like crashes, the two people come crashing through the window and fall in front of Sylvester Stallone. And he goes, "Nice of you to drop in," you know. And it, it, those sorts of lines <laughs> go all the way through the film. And yeah, that is hilariously shit. But it's not actually a good script. Um, my favorite line, and you know. I did kind of enjoy it, but I was laughing completely at it and not with it. it was the bit where Sylvester Stallone um, breaks down this FBI guy's door when he's at the fridge and the guy uh, throws down a plate of spaghetti onto the floor. And you just, <laughs> honestly, you're just looking at it like, why is he eating spaghetti? And Sylvester Stallone goes, because he's this guy has screwed over Sylvester Stallone before, goes, well, it looks like you're not interested in counting calories. Probably that's because you've been interested in counting all the money you've been bought off by. And you, you know, and you're like, oh my Lord, like, what is this film? You they know, don't write them like that anymore. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly, for good reason. So you, it's you, like, you can, I mean, it sounds like you enjoyed it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, as a spoof. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm not saying... Some of Gav's points, I do think it is paced quite well, actually. And I think it was nice to see practical effects going back to the time when they were, the way were there. 
but it's not a good film. It's not, it, like the characters are not good at all. You know, the, the, they're really unlikable as well. The two male leads, they're both. N- neither of them has a character that you warm to or want to really see more of. You know, um, Gav was saying, is this un- unintentional or is it unaware? It, this was in development hell. Like it did go through. I think there was two big directors but there were four people who could have gained credit as a director because it was just sort of thrown in the air because Sylvester Stallone was throwing people off left right and center he was firing the guy who did the cinematography because he wasn't being lit right so it, it did have a problem in, and that does show through the film it, it, it does feel like a bit of a mishmash at times of different ideas um you know the there's a bizarre convoluted villains plan which is just ridiculous Jack Palance is a big name he's not very good in this film so we'll, we'll, we'll come back <laughs> <laughs> but we'll come back to that later with with the, the casting characters. The, the main I, I, thing you I need to wash to, your mouth out. Here, <laughs> the main thing I want to talk about is this weird toxic like masculinity that just runs through the film. And I know Gav says, "Oh, let's celebrate that about the '80s." Let's not. Let's really not celebrate that about the '80s. They, they're just constantly making um, jokes about how small each other's dicks are, and I mean that's throughout the entirety of the film. That's not just this bizarre shower scene we've got in the in the in the prison it's all of the way through the film they cannot stop talking about each other's penises and you know after a certain point you're like this is just frankly quite odd i'm really surprised that gav touched on said that terry hatcher helps them to uh, you know with the aid of terry hatcher she has literally no character in this whatsoever she's just for, for no reason at all she's a stripper and I think the only reason she's a stripper is so there's some re- some kind of reason to go back into the backstage of a stripper's so we can see some tits. So so they can, like, tick off that box and be like, action movie, great tits. I think and the appropriate done. term is erotic dancer. <laughs> erotic dancer, sorry. <laughs> and, you know, so she's, she's just a damsel in distress. This is all... This is all reasons for why it's saying it's so bad, maybe it's good. But there are also, just to finish off, there are just a few things that mean it's not good because it's bad because there's a few things that just sort of leave a little bit of a bad taste terry hatch's character is kind of one of them because she's so paper thin it just in the modern day you just can't have that them being totally unlikable you're not getting behind them then beating witnesses and beating people up and you know and and some of the dialogue as well isn't it there's a really quite remarkable bit where for no reason at all kurt russell's in the bottom of a prison and you know there's a that, there's this guy who's got just the worst cockney accent possibly ever in any film and kurt russell screams at him i don't want to be killed by an immigrant fuck i want to be killed by an american fuck and it's just you, you know and you're like mm, no you know and and maybe without those little bits maybe with a better terry with a better female character in it maybe if they're actually likable at all maybe without lines like that in, a, in it you could get behind Tammy and cash and say oh yeah it's really bad but it's good you know but there's just a few things in this film that just mean no it's it it is very shit and maybe you could enjoy it but let, let's not put it on the hit list this is this is a very shit film <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for that, Alex. So, uh, Dave and Ozzy, do you agree with Gav saying that, like, although it is kind of shit, like, it's very entertaining and everything's just done very well. Um, the tempo's maintained, the plot and action work well together. They don't kind of take away from each other. And the action is also very memorable, whereas Alex just kind of... Um, Comes along with an arse load of insults. Um, <laughs> an arse load, that's a lot, apparently. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I mean, we heard what he said, so which side are you on? Um, I, I actually enjoyed it, but I mean, Alex is right. It, 
it is a shit. I mean, both of them say it, it is a shit film, but it's it is entertaining. Like I think, I genuinely think I went looking at you, and and what you enjoy, you would love this. This is explosions galore. Um, but in terms of the arguments that are coming up, I'm a man full of behind Alex on this one. It's actually <laughs> everything Alex said in this part is completely right. But um, but it's a I'm, fun I'm film. Gaff, you know I, I, mean? I thought it's, it was it's... fun. And so, it's not it what we're discussing here. You know, it, it doesn't have to be like a piece of groundbreaking cinema, but you need no, to, no. can you enjoy it? And it sounds like you did, you did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, but I'm enjoying it because it's shit. So, and and um, the list are called Hit and Shit. You know, a film that we've got on the shit list, Starship Troopers, <laughs> is considered by many to be a really good film, but it is shit, but it's also kind of a good film. Um, whereas Dave, how would you compare that to this? Do you think this is like Starship Troopers where it's like bad, but it's a really good film or do you just think it's shit? It's very akin to Starship Troopers. We're talking pretty (laughs) similar sort of stuff here. It's, it's bad. It's, it's a shit film. The dialogue is poor. Some of the performances are quite poor. I don't think the direction is anything great, but if you ask me, did I enjoy it? Would I watch it again? It's like, yeah, yeah, I think I would. The soundtrack is great. I'm well, I'm well with Gav on that one. <laughs> um, but yeah, Alex isn't lying. He's quite right about everything he's saying. Um, but Gav has some good points as well, you know, and it, it, it all depends which side of it you come down on. How important is it? Some of the things that Alex is saying, he's right, but how important is what he says? Very. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... Um, it sounds as though this next point might not take that long. Do you want to crack on, Alex? Yes. So I just want to talk a bit about the casting characters. I'll put my hands up just because Gav's looking at me very intensely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just say that Kurt Russell is fine in this film. He's... Fine! You look, at him in, you look him in the eye and tell him he's just fine. That wasn't enough, Alex. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It's one eye. It's one eye. Sorry, Snake. He, he's fine... His character's horrible, okay? And, you know, th- there's not a lot of redeeming bits. Like, he hasn't got any good snappy lines. Maybe there's a couple, but there's not enough good snappy lines, and there's quite a lot of bad dialogue from him that means you don't really get behind him. Um, like I say, he, like, beats up. I know the person has just tried to kill him, but then he goes into the interrogation room and, like, slams him around with the chair and stuff, and, you know, you're just like, no, I'm not behind this guy anymore. Like, I don't really... I, I don't know. He, there's not enough about him. He's basically just rigs out of... Um, lethal weapon there's there's not oh, like if Riggs. you've watched yeah exactly like <laughs> like rigs but don't like just the weird spin-off of yeah. is it cash is that cash yeah imagine yeah. rigs but being played by kate russell <laughs> well apparently that's that was the first choice wasn't it or that he was rumored to be going for lethal weapon oh really anyway uh Sylvester Sloan can't act. He don't think he ever really has acted, and he's not very good in this film. I don't think he's very good, particularly when he's in his comedy roles as well. I don't. He doesn't deliver any of the lines, and I'm not sure if it's Kurt Russell or Sylvester Sloan, but a lot of the comedy lines just fall very flat all the time. Like they're not very good at all. Um, Jack Palance, and it does. This really does hurt because I love Jack Palance, but he seemed to know something about playing a villain in 1953 in Shane that he then forgot like 30 odd years later in Tango and Cash. Like it, it's it's quite. I think this is what put me against Tango and Cash because it's just it's really hard to watch Jack Palance be this bad in a film. He is basically just sort of doddering around from like across the screen. There's um, he's not scary. He just makes these convoluted plan to catch 
these like Tango and Cash. So it's ridiculous. And I know it's going to be ridiculous. I'm not going to talk about plot holes in Tango and Cash because obviously it's Tango and Cash. (laughs) Who cares? Do you know what I mean? But there are many, but it's not really important at all. But it's it's also just, he does these ridiculous um, convoluted plot to... To, to try and catch them that doesn't really work and it, you know the, his henchmen are really bad this is odd and it's so <laughs> odd and just the look of your face when you're trying to <laughs> try, try to really this. articulate how bad it is i know i'm just trying to get it out there and um, this is bit, bit with mice at the beginning when it's like <laughs> yeah right do you know what i mean when he when he gets the he, like the henchmen are like why aren't we if we're putting them in prison why aren't we just shiving them basically like why don't we just shiv tango and cash or kill him there's no reason not to. There's no reason why they don't kill him. And I know they can't kill Tango and Cash. The film's called Tango and Cash. But, you know, there's not a good reason for given for not. Instead, he gets mice out of a little box, right? And this is how he convinces his, you know, his, his uh, partners in crime. Gets them out of the box, takes them over, and visually shows putting them in, like, a little prison that he's made for his mice. And then like, later on, he just keeps getting these mice out of a box, and it's just like, what on earth is going on? Why is Jack Plants playing with the mice all the I, time? I did think when I first saw it, he was going to eat the mice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, thought I thought he was going to squeeze yes. the mice. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that would that. make sense. You would not like him anymore. He loves those mice. He yeah. treats them really nicely. <laughs> treats <laughs> them better than people. Apart from putting them in the box, which is a bit weird. I, I, but I, I, what originally, like. what he did it was because because they they actually said they said, can't we just kill them? And he said, no, we'll put them in a prison. I'll show and I'll show you visually with the mice. No. What I mean by a yeah. prison. <laughs> Come with me. Oh, yeah, that's no, a prison. They can't get out. Yeah, can you Isn't... see? Just like the mice, they won't be able to get out of prison. Is there going to be I... cheese at the end of this? <laughs> no, but here's this cat to represent the guards. That are going to... <laughs> um, the, so, and just talking about other cast members, Terry Hatcher, like I say, no character, really bad. And, you know, there's an argument to say, well, this is back in the day. There were many films before um, in 1989 that did Working Girl. I think that came out in 1987, right? It was just before. That has a really strong female leads. So it's not just the decade. You know, there, there, it is a bad... This, is, this film should be judged on how bad that is. And just to, to lastly, the supporting cast are very forgettable. Uh, Breon James is not forgettable because he has the worst cockney accent ever he is terrible in this it took me a good three lines to figure out australian no 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 it's cockney apparently he only had a couple of lines but sylvester stallone liked it so much that he put more and more and gave him a bigger role this is all bad stuff okay so i know you know we're trying to do the postmodern like oh maybe it's so bad it's good sometimes let's just say it's bad and it is bad and you know move on move on gav all right, Gav, do you agree? It's not bad. Well, it is, but it's great. You know, it's it's equal parts bad and great. Um, now, and I'll argue some of Alex's points in, in due course, but I'll, I'll start talking about the, the, the character. Sylvester Stallone plays against type here as the intellectual upper crust whose impeccable manners and civility are more than matched by his skills of machine gunning the piss out of things. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, machine I'm, gunning the piss. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a way of measuring uh, piss. <laughs> piss is, is a little bit less than an arse load. Uh, and you measure it by machine gunning <laughs> Maybe we need a scale on the website somewhere. 
Now, I mentioned briefly before that Stallone parodies previous ultra macho outings of his and casts a more reserved figure here. Uh, this is a bit of a gamble, but one I feel it definitely pays off. Um, it was a bit jarring to see Stallone in this type of role, but I do, th- I do think it doesn't feel out of place at all. I don't think, and it, it, I know it's it's hard because he can't really act at the best of times. Yeah, you and, say role, he's just wearing glasses. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but he's not like sort of like ooh, and then like, <laughs> machine gun in the piss. <laughs> he's, he's not like what. That's the <laughs> anyway, um, possibly because the, the dialogue is is well written and it, it doesn't stick. It doesn't make him stick out like a sore dick. Um, possibly because he's much better actor than people give him credit for, <laughs> or possibly because of the dynamic and natural rapport he has with Kate Russell. Now, I, I know I tend to gush over Kurt Russell going as far as demand as to demanding a, a DNA test from him in hopes <laughs> that he may be my father. I know that it's a, a million to one chance, but stranger things have happened. I mean, Prometheus got a sequel after all. Um, anyway, <laughs> I digress. Uh, Russell is typically fantastic. He has an undeniable charm and charisma that some actors can only dream of. Sean Connery and William Shatner, to name just two. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree, Alex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely disagree with what Alex was saying. I think it is a likable character. I said I think he has enough charm. His lines are funny as well. I mean, I, I remember laughing throughout. And like, there is character uh, development and progression for both of them. I, I think he he's sort of kind of playing a similar figure to that of um, Big Trouble in Little China. He's he's kind of equally adept at flexing his comedic muscles as he is his actual ones and a lot of the comedy does come from his natural delivery it's similar to stallone he has he's completely dedicated to the role uh, i mean you know you, you, you can't deny that and i think that's one of the things that makes it so likable for me is the fact that both of these guys are just 100 percent committed to this you know the, the, there's if it would have been like a lesser actor they might have thought like oh this is a, this might be going a bit shit you know i'll, I'll kind of hold back a little bit in my performance a- accurately <laughs> but he doesn't he, he doesn't flinch at all uh you know so much so that he he, he uh, cross dresses completely for and he doesn't just you know put a dress on he goes full 100% lippy as well you know he and Stallone play off each other completely well and and whether they're playing the odd couple butting heads or blowing shit up they are both just incredibly likable and watchable uh, you, you mentioned about the support and cast Jack Palance uh, uh, you know I'll admit he wasn't great um most audience will have been used to him from Shane or some of you know his more heroic roles, but I think he revels in this. I think that uh, the film would have suffered if a lesser actor would have been cast as the antagonist, um, or even an actor who would have played it straight-faced. But Palance here knows that subtlety isn't the key, and he isn't afraid to give it 100%, and the result is very notable and significant. He goes, once again, all 100% into it. With, I, with the mice. With the mice, with the mice. <laughs> uh, there's also great turns from Lewis Arquette and from podcast favourite James Hong. Uh, I'll admit there were a few questionable performances. Michael J. Pallard plays Owen, the sort of equivalent uh, to James Bond's Q. He's a bit annoying to say the least, a bit of a Brucey, if you will. Uh, and Brian James's British accent, as Alex said, is up there with Dick Van Dyke in the annals of mm-hmm. accent atrocity. <laughs> but say what you want about his performance, man. Uh, he does not give it his all. Nobody can say that Brian James wasn't committed to this performance because he fucking was, man. I mean, it wasn't a good performance, but he was committed. <laughs> okay. And the thing is, it's not going to win any awards for it, but I think it is quite endearing. It, it, the I, most I, committed to his role <laughs> award. Yeah, no, I, I think it's it's quite committed. Uh, now, I briefly touched about, upon this before. The, the movie isn't going to pass the Bechdel test. Terry Hatcher suffers the most when it comes to character. 
uh, as you could probably guess. She spends the first part of the movie wearing very little and the latter part of it playing a damsel in distress. But, I, I mean, I'm, I hate the excuse, oh, um, it's, you know, it, it's of its time. Um, and I'm not going to use it. What I will say is that I think it's uh, it was probably sort of macho studio execs saying, oh, what we need to do is make, you know, a balls to the wall action film about big barely guys. And maybe the sort of the female role was written as like a last last minute addition, like shoehorned in. She doesn't really have a great character. She doesn't really have much character progression. Um, but, you know, say, say what you want about a character, you know, it isn't great, but Hatcher does a really good job with what little she does have to work with. She's funny, she's likeable, and her character does drive the plot forward. I mean, it's not like a great character, but it does drive the plot forward. As a damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not, 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 I'm not saying that it's good, but, you know, the, there, there is a reason for her being being there. It's not, good, it's not a good reason, but, you know, there's a reason for her being in the film. Um, but I, I do think that the movie would be, like, this is a separate point, but I do think it would be good if it was to be remade for the all-female cast. Just thinking, you know, about films that have been remade recently. I think that would be, like, good to, like, spin on its head. Anyway, so I'm digressing How are they going to deal with that shower scene? Uh, maybe just don't include it. How are they going to talk about the dicks? The entirety of the film. <laughs> you, you can make comparisons to vaginas instead. All right, moving on. Um, so, so anyway, like character motivations may be basic, uh, but they are clear. Unlike similar movies from that area, there is character development as well, which is always a bonus when it comes to action blockbusters. But it's the dynamic rapport between both leads and the determined and animated performances of all involved that make this film stand out from the rest of the pack and let you know that you've well and truly been tangoed. <laughs> All right, so... Nice save. <laughs> was it a save? <laughs> I, I thought Was so. it just a tango reference? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Dave, um, I don't really know which angle to come at this from, really. Um, how do you think the characters were? Do you think they were good characters or do you think they were bad characters? Um, Specifically Tango and Cash. I'd say average, leaning a little more to the poor side. But I think it's more the way they're written than it is the performances. I think that's true of most people in this film. I think the performances, for the most part, are actually pretty solid. But the way they're written is actually um, nothing to shout home about. I think the problem with Jack Palance, he's awful in it. Yeah, he's, it's not a great performance from Jack Palance. It's kind of he just goes on this ramble about you know his, his this this huge plot he's got, you know this this big scheme that he's going. You feel like you could just like close the door on him, <laughs> yeah. come back, go for pizza, come back half an hour later, and he'd still be talking. He wouldn't even realize you're gone. He'd just be playing with his mice, going on about his scheme. It does feel like that kind of dialogue from him. But again, that's the way it's written. That's the lines he's been given. It's not him as isn't an actor. Line, isn't he the line he says uh, when one, either Tango or Cash says to him, who the hell are you? And he says, I'm someone who uh, doesn't oh, yeah. like you very much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm someone who doesn't <laughs> like you very much. I, oh, I, that I, burns I, when you're in year eight, isn't it? I, I, I do love watching the, the last scene because it's almost like they just kind of left the camera rolling on Jack Palance and they just had about like two hours of him reacting to stuff that was going on. <laughs> oh my God, that is like, weird, oh, isn't it? Tango. Oh, you've done it again. And, and he's like, get him, get him, get him. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very funny. Uh, it's mad. But yeah, yeah, Jack Palance, I do blame the script more than I do blame Jack Palance for that. Uh, Sylvester Sloan, I actually think gives a decent performance in this. You know, I, I maintain that he can act. Um, you know, this maybe isn't his best performance by a long shot, but he's not bad in this Sylvester Sloan. Kurt Russell's actually quite good. The characters aren't particularly well written, but again, the performances are solid. And Gav's right, there is a rapport. 
Uh, and with a buddy cop movie, you do need that. I think, yeah, Terry Hatcher, just, yeah, it's, it's a terrible character. She's not bad at it, but the character is poor. And the supporting cast, there are some gems in the supporting cast. Brian Jones is not one of them. He is <laughs> diabolical, to be honest with you. Truly diabolical. Uh, yeah, Michael J. Pollard is terrible as well. Can you believe he got an Oscar nomination back in the 60s? Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bonnie and Clyde got an Oscar nomination. And yeah, <laughs> this is what he does now. And it's, well, I don't even know if he's still with us. I don't know where he is these days. But yeah, he's awful in this. And But yeah, Jeffrey Lewis was quite good. Eddie Bunker was quite good. There's a couple of like decent little nuggets of supporting actors in there. But yeah, for the most part, it's pretty average. But I blame the script more than I blame the actors. Okay, if you got anything to add, Ozzy? To be perfectly honest, no. Um, it, I, I still think it was entertaining. I think people just did what they could with what they had. I, I feel as though, overall, it was. It probably... It may well have been a parody. And I think people in it knew they were in a parody. <laughs> but I don't know if they did or not. I can't really tell. But um, quite confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly reckon that that's why you know it's still entertaining to this day. It's because you know it feels like it was a piss take, or either it was like really unapologetic about the fact that it wasn't a piss take, but it came across as funny anyway, and that's why it's still so like fondly thought of. Is it that fond fondly thought of? You'd be surprised, you know. I would be. It actually (laughs) made money as well, didn't it? It actually made money, which is quite impressive. Yeah, made money. I mean, probably because it had Kurt Russell and Stallone in though, right? Yeah, I maybe. Could it not? All right, so, I mean, I, I need at least 30 seconds to gather my thoughts here. <laughs> well, so. uh, Ozzy, do you want to crack on with your tango quiz? I can definitely get you uh, 30 oh, oh, seconds hang on, out of this. Hang on, oh, hang on. We have a, oh. Got three weeks off and you've forgotten the whole format. The flourish. Yeah, we've got, we've got <laughs> yeah, just a flourish, it's flourish a close, section. It's not a closing <laughs> argument anymore. It's just a flourish, one massive flourish. Oh, yeah, and Gav's been writing songs, so... Uh. <laughs> But yeah, basically, like three separate people have got in touch and said, "Like, can you write a song for every close knock?" <laughs> I'm going to try from now on, okay. Alex. Too. I'm going to give you a, a, a quick rule beforehand, though, Gav. You're not allowed any measurements of <laughs> piss or sticks or whatever in your flourish. Alex, do you want to go first or shall I? I, I will go first because if you write a song, do, yeah. I'd best go first, <laughs> just in case. Okay. Um, this Tango and Cash, I don't think... Gav's been saying all the way through that it's been fondly thought of and it will be remembered. I think he's pushing that line. I don't think anyone really remembers Tango and Cash that well. If you talk to people, I don't think it's something they know. And mainly because it's got no place really in movie history, I don't think. If you want to watch a buddy cop movie, there's better choices. You've got Lethal Weapon. Just go watch Lethal Weapon. It's about a straight cop who's plays with a loose cannon. Riggs, Murtoff... Better, much better than Tango and Cash. If you want to watch a spoof, watch Loaded Weapon. It's an actual spoof. (laughs) The laughs are funnier. It's going to be better to watch. This one, it isn't intentional. It doesn't know it's a parody. It was a hodgepodge of a film that came together. I'm not saying it was awful. I'm not saying it was the worst thing I've ever watched. But it is shit, so it should be put on the shit list. (laughs) Well done. I like the word hodgepodge. I didn't like the... (laughs) Not not a word used often, but should be used more. Bring it back. Um, yeah, I'd, uh, yeah, I really like the word hodgepodge, to be honest. <laughs> that gets said enough. Okay, right, I'm going to uh, crack on with this one. Right, okay, Dave, hopefully you'll like this one. Right, uh, I- I've covered everything I want to say in my arguments, so this is just going to be a song recap and that, essentially. Okay. Uh, <laughs> a movie from the late 80s will leave you asking for more, please. It's funny, fun, and the bullets sprawled. But wait a minute. What's it called? Hey, Tango, Tango and Cash are after. Hey, Tango, 
Action with lots of laughter. Go, go, go. Russell Stallone and Hatcher. All the movie lovers will love Curtin Slyers brothers in a hey tango. Don't want a Tarantino, not Django. Shatner or Connerino, hey tango. Parlance will steal a scene. No funny, entertaining, great script will leave you complaining. It is tango. Tango and Casho. Oh, well done, guys. I now understood why you brought up Connery and Shatner before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just setting your song up, weren't you? No, I, I did write the argument before the song, and I was like, I need to get one more dig of Connery in <laughs> I think the next step will be to bring in the shit xylophone as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I can have just a shit children's musical instrument back and track. <laughs> okay, well... Uh... I don't know if that helped or not, but... <laughs> Ozzy, do you want to crack on with the quiz? So anyway, there's a, there's a quiz about Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash came out in December 1989. Mm. But can you name three of the flavours of Tango that were available in that year? <laughs> uh, orange. Orange. Um, orange, correct. Apple. Orange. Correct. Apple. Blackcurrant. No. Pear. No. Uh, Cranberry. No. Mango. Strawberry. No, no. Think more uh, more tropical. Lemon. Pineapple. Pineapple. Ooh. There were two different flavours with pineapple in. Can you guess Tro- what you might pair? Tropical. Pineapple, pineapple and lime. Pineapple, no. Pineapple and mango? No. Orange and pineapple. Orange and pineapple, <laughs> boom. Uh, pineapple and pork scratchings. Pineapple. <laughs> pineapple and grapefruit. I also would have accepted diet versions of any of the others as well. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. you got to be specific about this, Aussie. <laughs> um, in, in the film, what was Cash's first name? It was brought up earlier. Gabriel. Gabriel, correct. Peter Gabriel is a musician who wrote such hits as Sledgehammer and Salisbury Hill. And in 1989, he released an album called Passion. What was that the soundtrack to? Which uh, controversial Scorsese film? Passion of the Christ? Yeah. Last Temptation of Christ. Last Temptation oh, of shit. Christ, correct. What year was that released? 1989. 88. Oh, okay. I'll give you a... <laughs> Rod- Roger Ebert. Um, gave... <laughs> he gave um, The Last Temptation of Christ four stars out of four. Only marginally higher than what he gave Tango and Cash. How many stars did Roger Ebert give uh, Sylvester Stallone in Rocky, though? Oh, I reckon one. I reckon he wasn't a Two. Fan. Roger's an odd one and he does a four-star rating yeah. for some reason. Because he's Roger. Yeah, 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 but he likes everyone to know. Joel's yeah. saying that he reviewed them twice. He gave him four <laughs> in one instance. Well, Joel was the closest anyway, so four. Oh, wow. He gave it the oh, highest. Yeah. And uh, how many stars did Ebert give uh, for Kurt Russell and his firefighting abilities in Backdraft? Oh, one, two, three. Zero. Three, three. And uh, Kurt Russell was good in Backdraft, guys. Come yeah. on. <laughs> And also, um, four is uh, the number of directors of this film, which was I thought was quite interesting. So, yeah. uh, good point early, made earlier. Thank Tango you. and Cash is surprisingly one of only two films where Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone have uh, been in together. Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. Two. Well done. Well done. And, uh, and then I forgot to write down any more questions and I couldn't think of anything fun. And I figured that we're probably running over time. So, I'm, uh, I'm good. Well done, so, Austin. It's a hell of a way to end much. the quiz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought I had a better last question, and I should have rearranged them and built up to um, good quiz. to the ebits. Probably could have just done an ebit quiz. <laughs> I can't believe Tango made a grapefruit and pineapple I know, yeah. flavor. I know. I believe they're not still selling it. That'd be gold. <laughs> I feel like Tango was more popular back then. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Uh, is is Tango available in America? I don't know. 
I don't know. I didn't I check. Think, I mean, does anybody listening in America know what the fuck we're going on about? Do you wish we'd done a podcast more about Tango than we had about <laughs> Tango and Cash? <laughs> <laughs> That's quite a lot of content we could have got through here. Could have just talked about soft drinks for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, that website is incredible. It's got cans from... What's you, it called again? It's called Can Museum. Can Museum. Yeah. Just type in Can Museum and then check it out. You can search for cans from all years, I'm from like 1957 out. right through to present day. All sorts of drinks and canned foods, which I did not know exist. Ah. It was incredible. You know, if you're looking <laughs> for something to do, then... CanMuseum.com. There's can just en- endless, endless yeah. fun to be had on Can Museum. Yeah, have I ever mentioned how busy I am at work? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I-, I won't uh, beat around the bush. This film sounds... That could have been a joke straight out of Tango and Cash. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my bush is bigger than your bush. <laughs> this film sounds cycle to shit, to be absolutely honest. Like, I feel like sometimes you can tell when Gav's got a lot of a lot of passion when he's like defending a film, and it, I just didn't feel like it was there today. I am angry, like, <laughs> but I've been angry since before. <laughs> um but it does, it sounds very similar to to something like Starship Troopers, um, but maybe I'm even doing that film a disservice. But it sounds like it's a shit film that I want to watch, but it sounds like it's shit. Stop saying just, shit. <laughs> it just sounds if you, if you put this on the hit list, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it, it just sounds shit. And so, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. It's just <laughs> what it sounds like. <laughs> into me. Um, <laughs> so, so it's going on the shit list. Hey. <laughs> okay, uh, genuine thoughts, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it sounded shit. <laughs> it was sounded shit. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, 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 not, it's not great, but I, I enjoy it. You know what I mean? It is, it is an enjoyable film. It's not a... It's not a good film, but it's an no, enjoyable I, film. I, I, it went quickly, and to be honest, I was making tears what was going on, and I did find myself like popping back to see what was going on, which is a mark of a film you kind of do a little bit want to see. But it's, I didn't remember any of it, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely on the right list. Right, Ro- Roger Ebert called it a waste of electricity. <laughs> 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 and he meant for the projector. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, Dave, do you have any trivia about this film? I, I was no. It's <laughs> uh, a sign of one. a bad film. If no, Dave doesn't have trivia about it, I got loads of trivia about this. Oh, so originally uh, it was Patrick Swayze who was going to be playing Gabriel Cash in the film, but he had to drop out because he went and appeared in Roadhouse, which is also pretty fucking boss. <laughs> <laughs> Good call, Swayze. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Falling Down, which scored Joel seven point six out of ten no, on IMDb. So much lower. A lot lower. I'm guessing a five. Low sixes. Oof. Well, I'm going to say lower as well, but I don't know, 5.3? Four. Uh, like, like, come on, guys, have some fucking I, I'd say respect. Because there's enough people like Gav out there, so I'm going to say they've bumped it up. Do you mean like Gav? There's an arse load of people like Gav out there. <laughs> right, you're, you're knobheads. It's uh, 6.4 out of 10, oh so it's not days. that low. I well, imagine the people who voted it that high are the people who have... 
Nutella on bread. Warm bread. Right. And not toast. Not, like, wa- not warmed to be toast. Just right, listen, bread. right, so, just right, stop riling me, right? And before you insult our listeners, I put, I put this up on Twitter over the weekend, and that's which list Tango and Cash should be placed on. 72% said that it should be placed on the hit list. Wow. So that's 72% of our listeners. You are in charge of a Twitter account, so... <laughs> 72 of my accounts. <laughs> Uh, so yeah before we adjourn this case it's time for a little caption contest uh, so what we do here is we take a screenshot of the film we put it on Twitter and we ask our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one winning a frog shaped chocolatey treat well, yes you got it back good one uh, yeah yeah it was a bit weird last week yeah, wasn't yeah. it it was like <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, so the picture is uh, Brian James's Requin with a grenade gaffer taped in his mouth looking uh, pretty concerned to say the least uh, once again a very very popular film so we've obviously got a lot of comments so I'm just going to read out a few of the top ones okay uh, so um, what who no I'm not fucking Bane Mad Max no fuck off <laughs> <laughs> um, okay you've merely adopted the dark I was born in it molded in it Um Bill never thought that his suggestion to spice things up in the bedroom could backfire this badly. <laughs> uh, similar to that. Wait, I forgot. Uh, my, I forgot what the safe word is. Uh, once again, yeah, the safe word is don't take the tape off. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Add no sugar grenade for you with character actor Brian James for you. <laughs> Um, I'm headed to Shark Tank to see if I can get backing for my new invention, the No Holds, sorry, the No Hands Apple Eater. I don't understand that one. I thought that was that famous t-shirt shop in Liverpool. The what? No, and the last one. Uh, there's better ways. There's better ways to get rid of gingivitis, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, which one of those guys? Um, I, I like the Bruno Mars one. Yeah, yeah, Bruno Mars for me as well. Yeah. Okay, uh, right. Well, yeah, congratulations to our good friends, Dear Daniel Podcast. Uh, no, they got one last time. I'm going to go for my second no, best no, one. No, no, hang on, no, hang on. No, we got to give guys. it. That's fair. Yeah, it's but they fair. never it's, it's sent me, no, I... sent me your fucking Freddo back. <laughs> why would do, anybody why would send, they you? send you a Freddo? It's got so, my return address on it. They're laughing over there with all the Freddos. So, so essentially, <laughs> uh, they won last week uh, for their caption, and you guys were saying they win every week. And I was like, no, they haven't won in ages. And now they've just won back to back episodes. So, yeah, congrats. And guys. you sent them one because it one got lost in the post as well. Yeah, I did. Yeah, in fact, that's all I do these days: send them presents <laughs> <laughs> uh, and check out their podcast as well. Totally funny. Anyway, we should so, send them a, a multi pack and just tell them they can open a new one each week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you very much for that. Uh, congratulations, dear Daniel Podcast. Okay, and just before we go, we wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends, Out of Our Elements podcast. Uh, really interesting and fun reviews on a variety of new releases um, by Ollie Sharkey. Uh, it's a blog um, which you can access through uh, Twitter, uh, outofourelements.co.uk. It does a variety of things from new releases in the cinema to Blu-rays to TV. Uh, very interesting stuff anyway. It's very engaging on Twitter as well. He's always putting up new polls and debates. Um, so check him out at Out of Our Elements. So, yes, uh, that, that is it. Um, we have pulled out our next film out of the hat at random, and it is Train to Busan. And it was recommended to us by Joel. So it's, it's not a fan suggestion, it's uh, Joel. Um, so do you want to give us a bit of a synopsis, a little reason why you've decided to pick this film? 
Um, no. Uh, no, so uh, it, it's just a film that a lot of people may not have seen. It's a Korean film, and it is probably one of the best kind of zombie films made full stop, so... Okay, selling it hard there. Wow, so that is big, really big hard. sell. So obviously, uh, you're going to be defending it. So. Is it your favourite zombie film ever, you would say? Big, um, big into your zombies. Yeah, maybe, actually, I don't know. Up there. Is it scary? Uh... No, it's it's not scary. It, it's not like a kind of uh, tense Boring. action film. Well, actually, maybe it is. It's no Tango and Cash. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Wait and see until okay. next week, Ozzy. What are the roles? So, Joel is going to be defending. In Prosecution, it's going to be Ozzy. Okay. Uh, a character... so I do need to watch it. Then. You do need to watch it. It's available <laughs> on Netflix, though, so you should be all right. Uh, character witnesses are going to be myself and Alex, and judge is going to be Dave. Uh, so, just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell that guy with a grenade in his mouth, but don't be too surprised if he doesn't pass the message on. Just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many years as possible and remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials where you can recommend a film for us to put in the hat follow our good friend and fantastic graphic artist Winston Sang at the underscore quirks and also check out our website filmsontrial.co.uk and follow us on Facebook Instagram and subscribe to our new YouTube channel for regular weekly content so that's it Tango and Cash is a shit and we'll be in your ears next week with Train to Busan goodbye (laughs) 